If you would remain standing, turn in your pew Bibles to page 1,757. I'm going to be reading, starting in verse 12, but 12 through 17. Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not according to the flesh, or live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if you live according to the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, and you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit that you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit that you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and we by Him cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies within our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Romans chapter 8. We've been getting a lot of stuff out of Romans chapter 8, have we not? We're going to focus on one thing today, and that's adoption. Everybody's got their little adoption certificate, right? Family is important, is it not? Names are important. We had a discussion in my household earlier this week about names and how important they are. Since 2012, Julie and I, every year we go out and get, we, we get t-shirts made for our family. We had this little logo built, goes in our top chest corner. And it says, Team Thornton, whatever the year is, goes in it. On the back, across the top, shoulders, Thornton. I'm one, Julie's two, Gracie's three, Olivia's four, Mercy's five, Ian's six, John's seven, Anna's eight, Emma is nine. Very interesting. It's been fantastic. We get bright colors so we know where everybody's at when we go out places, right? Got to keep everybody, uh, understand where they are and what's going on. Everybody has a number, but more importantly, everybody has a name. Thornton. It's a team. We're together. It's who we are. This past week, we talked about what names mean and how important they are. We're called by our name, right? Catch, I didn't say we get called names. That happens, right? But we're called by our name. Has meaning. Has purpose. My name, Ian Christopher. Ian, Scottish form of John, means God beloved. God's beloved. Ownership, God's beloved. Christopher means carrier of Christ. 
God's beloved carrier of Christ. Ooh, boy, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Well, then, a couple, several years ago, I'd added, I added Thomas to my name. I found out that every firstborn male in the Thornton family has Thomas in their name for the last 700 years except me. Though I have a tendency to break the mold at points, that's not one that I wanted to break, so I went to the courts and I had Thomas added to my name. So my dad's name was Tom, Thomas, and it all broke right here. So we went and fixed that. But Thomas means twin. Be like Christ. Imitate Christ. God's beloved carrier of Christ. The twin. Names mean things. Here's your sermon in a sentence. You've been chosen. You have been chosen. You are loved. Church, you are. More than you understand, but you are loved. You, who you are, is loved deeply. Sometimes that's hard for us to accept or grab a hold of or process. But you, doesn't matter what you've done, you, you are loved. You have been chosen, you have been picked out of the crowd, you are identified as valuable, as worthy, as wanted. You've been chosen. Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 8. Verse 14, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. The Spirit that you've received, we've talked about this over the last few weeks, the Holy Spirit of God, the same Spirit that sat on the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, back in the Holy of Holies, that Spirit of God, right, is the one deposited into your life upon accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and asking for forgiveness of your sin. That same Spirit that was from the beginning of time, from creation, when in Genesis 1 where God says, let us make man, who's us? Who is us? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit deposited into your life. Receiving that Spirit does not make you a slave to fear. Fear. Doubt, right? What if, worry, anxiety, all of those things are based in fear. And you have not received that spirit of fear, but you've received the spirit of sonship, daughtership.
you have received adoption. Remember, we're talking about the book of Romans, which is written to the church in Rome, which is Jewish Christians and Romans, right? Remember that? To the Jews, adoption is a foreign thought. Adoption was not something in the Jewish culture. What happened was it is if, if children were... If parents passed and children were, were left, then they just moved right into another family member's home. Or if a, a man passed away who had a family, then that family would automatically just move right into the brother's household. So it really wasn't about adopting. It was just a natural progression that families combined and they just, and they just moved on. Rome, very different story. In ancient Rome, adoption had a powerful meaning. When a child was born biologically to parents, the parents had an option. Do I keep them or not? Now that's odd, isn't it? Very different than what we think about today is, as far as adoption or having a child. Because today, having a child, then that child is our responsibility. It's good or bad. <laughs> They're ours. Not then. The parent had a choice. They could disown their child for a variety of reasons. But they could disown their child. Therefore, the relationship to their biologically born child wasn't necessarily desired by the parent, nor was it permanent. They had options. So here is Paul, schooled in Rome and a Roman, who had this understanding of adoption, knowing that he's writing it to a group of some of the people that had no idea what adoption really was about. If a child, though, in Rome was adopted, because adoption was a thing in Rome, adopting a child meant this, that a child was freely chosen by the parents. The one being adopted was desired. We want this child in our family. The child was also a permanent part of the family. Once adopted, permanent part of the family. Legally, the parents could not disown the child. They couldn't. Interesting, they could give away their own biological child, but they could not disown one that was adopted. The inheritance of the father would be passed along to the child who was adopted. Interesting, isn't it? Very different than our world. Gears may grind a little bit, but that's how it was in Rome. 
Now the inheritance, here's the interesting part about the inheritance. When do you think the adopted child had access to the inheritance? Immediately. Hit the brakes. Hold on. You mean to tell me that I'm going to bring a child into my family who is not from our family line and that child has access to my inheritance right now? Yes. So even as our minds are thinking through this, you can understand when Paul wrote in Romans that we are sons and daughters adopted into the family of the Most High. There were some people reading that letter for the first time going, are you, what are you talking about? Adoption. There were some Romans who understood adoption to go, you mean to tell me that the God of all creation has chosen me to be a part of His family never ever to let me go again, and is giving me access to everything that he has? Yes. So I tell you, you've been adopted into a family, chosen by God to be a part of his family, never to be taken out of his hand, or dismissed or disowned from his family, and you have access to everything that he has. Part of it is just like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with all this. I relate it often, uh, in, in really just praying through this and thinking through this, I relate it to me coming in here to be pastor. Well, you're the pastor. How do you want to do it? Uh, I don't know. Well, you have the authority. Uh, okay. You have access to all of this. Um, all right. Great. Now what? I don't know what to do with all this. You know, all of the gifts and the talents and, and the, the blessings and spiritual giftedness of all of the people in here. All of, all of what is encompassed just, just within this church and the operations of it is like it's at your disposal. And I think about who God is. Protector of all. More grace and mercy and compassion and love. It's like If one of the richest people in the world put me on their bank account signature and hands me their debit card and goes, enjoy. I would be hesitant to spend anything at first. Right? But see, that's what God's done. He's like, look, you know, Ian, I have deposited my Holy Spirit. The one that was with me when I spoke creation into existence. And I deposited him in you. And you're fearful about what? Well, I don't know if I should really say anything to that person. Maybe, maybe they're going to react negatively towards me. It's like, really? 
And part of it is us grasping and understanding what is housed inside of us. And when we do, and as we get more comfortable with what is transpiring, then there's a little bit more confidence to step forward. Boldness. Now, I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but there's boldness that we have to speak, to do, to say. Last week, I talked about the, the earbud going into the, the sound down at North Carolina. And the lady coming up, and she's like, you know, there's a water moccasin in the water. And while I was telling that story last week, and I said, well, my kids, my kids are in the water. We're going to find that earbud. We're not going to get out of the water. It went through my mind. Do you realize how bold that was? I do now. But it was bold at the time. It was bold at me saying it. But you know what? That's who God is. And it's not that I'm better than anybody else or anything like that, but there's a point in time when you realize the power that rests within you is greater than the one that is in the world. And you live that. And so by understanding that we are adopted, that in my adoption, I have a new identity. I'm not the kid that's just walking on the street somewhere. I'm not one that's been rejected. I'm one that's been accepted. I'm not one that's been discarded. I'm one that's been brought home. I'm not alone. I'm forever in His company. That's who we are. And that's what God's going, look, I want you to live as my son. Don't live in fear. There are times we can look at our, our own children or, or those that we're close to or people that, that God has brought into our lives that, that He's allowing us to mentor. You know, Paul didn't have children, but he, had, he was considered the spiritual father of many. So this isn't about biological children. This is about those people whom God has in your life that you are able to mentor, to pour into. And you watch them, and you see their gifts, and you see their talents, and you see what God wants to use them for, and when they don't step up into it because they're afraid, doesn't it draw at your heart to go, you don't need to be afraid. Step through that. Move through that. You don't have a spirit of fear. You have a spirit of the Almighty God that lives inside of you that spoke the world into existence, that parted the Red Sea, that made water come out of a rock, that destroyed the walls of Jericho, that made an axe head float. That's who lives in you. That's who lives in you. It's time to be sons and daughters. It's time. It's time to take our adoption and understand that we have been chosen, that we, have, we were desired, that, that we're permanently placed in the palm of His hand. 
that we are joint sharer in everything that He has. We're even told that, that we are set in the heavenlies. We have full access to heaven. Ephesians 2, verses 4-7. through 7. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love that He has for us, even when we were dead in our sin, He made us alive to Christ by His grace that we have been saved. And He raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ. We are seated in the heavenlies. Now, if you look all of that up and all of the grammar and everything that goes with it, that is not future tense. That is now. Our bodies might be here, but our spirits are here and there. And that's the flow. The flow of the Holy Spirit that moves in and moves out. That goes back to when we were talking about what are the attributes of God? What are the attributes of the enemy? What are you hearing in here? And how do you take what you're hearing and understand what side is talking to you? When the Spirit is talking to you, then He is talking from the portals of heaven down into your spirit, and the Holy Spirit that's up there is here too. It's an open line. It's an open connection. It doesn't have to be about hearing God and water moccasins. Sitting in a, We had a meeting here Thursday night. Leaving here. On my way home to Martin's Ferry. And I get up into North Bel Air and the Lord's like, mm, go to the hospital. That's where my mom was. Go sit out in the parking lot. <laughs> okay. Go sit out in the parking lot. Find her car. Park beside her car. Send her a text. Here's what I want you to tell her. Boom, 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 boom. Wait. So I'm waiting and waiting. During that time, God's like, pray for people. Pray for this person. Pray for this person. Pray. This is what they're dealing with. Pray over the people in the hospital. Pray for the nurses. Pray for the workers. Pray for the doctors. Pray, pray, pray. So I'm like, okay. So I'm just sitting there praying, communicating with the Lord. Text comes back. Are you still here? From my mom. Yeah, I am. Great. I'm starving. Fantastic. What do you want? Simple, right? Church, life. It is life. It is just life. Now, I could have gone on home and gotten a text from her and said that she was hungry. Would I have gone and gotten her something to eat? Absolutely. I'm not going to send a text to my mother go, no, I'm home. Um, well, you know... <laughs> I'm sure they have something there for you. It's, that's not going to happen. But it's one of the things of hearing the Lord and being able to be there. To be there in the situation. Already there. Because I'm already there, what does that tell her? God is in this. He cares so much for me that He sent my son here. Life. Life in the flow of the Holy Spirit. That's life. And the adoption has sealed that for me. Because I'm in His family. 
I'm his son. And I have access to things. I have access to the throne room of God, who sees all, who is in all, who knows all, who is all-powerful. I have access to that. We all do. When we get to the point of going, He's all I've got. I'm emptied out. I don't have fear. I have life. And it's just story after story, thinking through these things of just going, you know, what would I do for my kids? What would we do for those that God has called us to pour into? Anything, wouldn't we? Why wouldn't a good father do that for you? Why wouldn't he? He wants to. He wants to. He wants to go from, take you beyond where you are, into that deeper understanding of daughtership, of sonship. We have been given all power, all authority, all access. All power and all authority. Luke chapter 10. Jesus is speaking. He says, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits, the demonic, the enemies of God, submit to you. Don't rejoice in that, but rejoice in the fact that your name is written in heaven. Rejoice in the fact. God knows you. He knows who you are. He created you. He designed you. He gave you breath, gifts, talents, purpose. He knows who you are, and He's there for you. It's not about the trampling on snakes and picking up scorpions and, and all of those things. It's, that's not it. Those are pictures of what the demonic is. That's what... That's, Pictures of that. You've been given the authority to defeat those things. Jesus goes on. He also speaks in Matthew chapter 28. All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. That's what he tells us. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, you go. Well, how, why is he saying that? Because we're co-heirs. I have been adopted into the family of God. Therefore, I have an inheritance. Correct? That's what the Bible teaches. I have an inheritance from heaven. Who else has an inheritance from heaven? Jesus. Which is one of the reasons why, if you look on your adoption certificate, it is signed by all three. And underneath Jesus Christ, He is your what? Brother. So you're adopted into a family that cannot disown you. Amazing, isn't it? And a Holy Spirit that is your helper and your comforter. And God who is your Father. So that you can be and do everything that He created you to be and do.
Jesus says to go and make disciples, baptizing them, in the name, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded us. You have authority, you have power, you have access to whatever it is that you need. You're a part of the family. And God is thrilled that you are. Thrilled. So when Paul is talking to the Roman Christians, <clears throat> the Jews were having to process some of those things. The Romans were like, man, I get it. I can't believe that I've been adopted into this. That I've been accepted, chosen for this life. And Paul's like, that's what I'm talking about. You have been chosen. You've been chosen. You have access to what you need to live the life God has called you to. And in that, the fear and the doubt and those things that wear us down and hold us down have been removed. I would tell you, don't open the doors to let them back in. And if they are, you know what? Ask for forgiveness. Let God wipe the slate clean and start back on your journey. It's okay. It's okay. God will forgive and He will strengthen and encourage us to move on. Adoption. You've been adopted. You've been adopted into a family that is magnificent with a father and a brother and the Holy Spirit that just adore you and want to walk with you through this life. Enjoy it. It's well worth the ride. It really is. But you've been called and you've been put You've been put into this position. And it's an amazing thing. Lord, I ask you to bless each one of us. Help us, Lord, to process the adoption that is shared in your word. Help us to understand that it's ours. It, it is. It's, it's ours. We're, we're adopted into the family of God. You know us. You know us by name. And God, I just pray that it becomes a reality to us. A deep reality. I pray that we feel your Holy Spirit stir within our hearts and in our minds throughout the day, that we willingly listen and however crazy it may seem or sound, Father, may we just obey you and trust that you're there for us, that you're leading us. God, I ask for hope for each one of us. God, I thank you. I thank you for talking to us. Sharing things with us. 
Father, I pray our hearts are continually submitted to what it is that you want done in and through our lives. But Father, that we understand that you have given us authority and power. Father, to overcome the things of the enemy and to live our lives to the fullest. As you talked about, Jesus, in John 10.10, that you want us to have life. And you've given us life and life abundant. Father, I just thank you for your care and, and just loving us as you do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.